As we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. I'm excited about the word of God today. Amen. Pastor Steve said something about momentum. I believe we do have some momentum going. The last two Sundays have been absolutely incredible. And I believe that today is going to be even better. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 4. We read it for the third time uh, in this series. Paul writes and he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Notice the two words, weapons and warfare. Father, I thank you today, Father, that you have given us some incredible weapons in order to fight our battles with. Father, we just pray today that you will help us, Lord, to become familiar with and use, Lord, these incredible weapons that we may have victory in our lives, Father. All for the glory of God, we pray. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Well, you may be reseated this morning. Well, today is the third sermon in a three-part series I'm calling The Big Three. I'm excited today to be able to inform you that God has given to us many powerful and incredible weapons in order to fight our battles with. And yes, my friend, there will be battles to fight. Yes, my friend, all of us are in a battle, but I'm excited today to know that I've got some weapons I can use in order to fight my battle with. I have chosen three of the many, many weapons uh, in order to talk about in this series called The Big Three. Well, the story is told of a football coach, high school football coach, sending one of his assistant coaches in order to scout another uh, football team in order to try and recruit a player for their team. And when the assistant coach came back and gave his report, he said to his boss, he said, man, I'm really, really excited today about three prospective football players. He said, man, I'm really excited to report to you. He said, let me tell you about the first guy that I scouted. He said, he said in this game, he said, I noticed that he got knocked down three times, and yet every single time this guy got right back up and continued to play. Man, he is tough. Think he'd be a great asset to our team. And then the other guy, wow, I, I counted no less than four times that he got knocked down. And man, every time he got back up, every time he entered back into the game, man, he is incredible. And I would recommend him as well. And then he said the third guy, wow, I'm, I'm telling you, coach, no, no, no less than five times. No less than five times did I see this dude get knocked down. I mean, he got knocked down five times. Man, he had blood all over his uniform. I think I saw a tooth uh, fly from his uh, from his mouth, and uh, but he always got back up every single time, and he never missed a play, and he's really, really tough. Coach, coach, out of these three guys, who do you want me to pursue to be our next player? The coach thought for a minute, and he said, give me the guy that is knocking all of these guys down. Let me ask you or tell you this morning that if you keep getting knocked down and yet you keep getting back up, let me commend you today. Let me commend you today on your toughness and on your tenacity. But listen, in this series, I'm trying to help equip you with the weapons that you need to fight back with. You don't just have to get knocked down and have the tenacity to get back up every every week and stumble back in here every week. I'm telling you that God has given us some incredible weapons that we can actually uh, go on the offense, we can actually fight with. We have some incredible weapons to fight our battles with. I'm convinced that some of you don't know how to fight. 
Well, I'm not talking about at home. I understand that. I'm not talking about in your marriage. I'm not talking about with your friends. I'm not talking about with your boss. I'm talking about spiritual warfare this morning. I'm afraid that many of you do not know how to fight. And some of you here this morning are too passive. And some of you only play defense with the devil. Listen, it is time that we took the fight to him. God has given us many weapons to fight with. The question is, are we using them? Are we using the weapons that God has provided us to do battle with? Well, so far we've talked about the weapon of the word. We've talked about the weapon of prayer. Today we're going to talk about the weapon of praise. The weapon of praise. A lot of people don't even think about praise being a weapon. But I want to tell you that there is an incredible weapon called praise. Let's talk first of all this morning about the mandate of praise. The mandate of praise. Friend, praise is not an option. Praise is not an option. It's not a suggestion. But it is a command. God's word commands us to be a people of praise. Let me suggest first of all that sometimes you feel it. Sometimes you feel it. Praise is easy sometimes. There are times when we're just overflowing with joy. Oh, there are some times in our life when the presence of God is so sweet and so rich and so real and so awesome. Oh, that praise just oozes out of us. It's just a natural thing that just comes out. Sometimes it's easy to praise. Psalms 107 and 8. Oh, that men would give praise to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Notice these phrases. For his goodness and his wonderful work. Hey, hey, when all of the bills are paid, when the family is well and getting along, when the boss is not riding your back, when Uncle Bill just, oh, just left you a, oh, a bucket full of money, hey, sometimes praise is easy. Oh, sometimes you feel it. Sometimes you feel it. Second Samuel chapter 6 and verse 14 says that, that David danced before the Lord. And it says that he danced before the Lord with all his might. I say of course he did. Of course he did. Oh, the ark which represented the presence of God had been lost to the people of God. Oh, at this present time the ark is being returned to the people of God. David knew what it was like to have the ark. He knew what it was like to have the blessing. He knew what it was like to have the favor. Oh, he knew what it was like to be in possession of the ark. And he knew what it was like to lose the ark. Oh, but though he lost the ark, now he sees it coming. Oh, it's being brought back to the people of God. He dances with all of his might. Of course he does. Of course he does. Hey, when you have gone through a long dry spell in your spiritual life, oh, when a long time has elapsed without a tangible spiritual refreshing in your soul, and then all of a sudden you feel, oh, a surge, and you feel a reviving in your spirit, sometimes you feel it. Psalm 150, verse 1 through 6. Psalm 150, verse 1 through 6, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Listen, you have to be absolutely dead not to be able to praise when you're being led by a professional worship leader who has incredible singers and musicians to work with. Sometimes you feel it. But sometimes, sometimes you faith it. Notice I didn't say fake it. I said faith it. On Monday morning when you have to get out of bed and go face a mean boss. On Monday morning when you got to get out of bed and go face a a boring job or or you have to face a difficult class in school. Oh, oh maybe maybe you're going through a going through a difficult divorce. Maybe your body is breaking down on you. Maybe you're facing a mountain of death. Of death. Oh, oh, on Monday morning there's no worship team. On Monday morning there's no cheerleader pastor. On Sunday on Monday morning there's no incredible Sunday morning atmosphere. What do we do then? What do we do with the weapon of praise? when you just don't feel it. When you don't feel it, then you got to faith it. Faith it. Let me give you two reasons why we ought to faith it. First of all, we ought to faith it because he demands it. He demands it, Psalm 113 and 3, for the, from the rising of the sun until the sun goes back down, the Lord's name is to be praised. Psalm 135, verse 1 through 3, praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, O you servants of the Lord. You who stand in the house of the Lord, in the, in the uh, courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is pleasant. Talking about, talking about the mandate right now. We, we are to use our weapons of praise even when we don't feel like it. When we don't feel like it, we faith it. We faith it. We, we praise God because He demands it. And we faith it because He deserves it. Yes, He demands it, but he also deserves it. Psalm 18 and 3, I will call upon the Lord who is, who is worthy, worthy to be praised. Revelation 5 and 12, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Oh, friend, God is so deserving of His praise that there are beings, that their only purpose in life, the only reason they exist is only to worship the Lord and praise the Lord. And night and day in 24 seven and never stopping and never taking a break and never going on vacation and never having a coffee break but 24-7 Revelation 4 and 8 these beings do not rest neither day nor night but they bow before the throne of God continually saying holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come holy, holy, holy I'm telling you this morning we are mandated to praise God because He is worthy He is worthy He is deserving this morning of all of our praise. Now there are beings that are before the throne of God night and day, 24-7, never ceasing to praise God. And yet you and I, sometimes we refuse to worship. Sometimes we refuse to praise because the sound is too loud. 
And I know that can be an issue, and I'm not, I'm not sliding that this morning. I understand that we have, some of us have problems with our ears or whatever, but, but listen, even though the sound is, is too loud for you, amen, he still deserves to be praised. Sometimes we refuse to worship because the sound is too loud. Sometimes we, 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 we refuse to worship because somebody on the worship team is wearing something that we don't approve of. Did you see that guy on the drums? Did you see his hair? I think I denoted a tattoo on one of those guys. Oh, we've gone to hell in a handbasket. Because we don't approve of everybody. Do you know about so-and-so? I heard about so-and-so on the team. I heard, ah, and we were refused to worship because of somebody on the worship team. The way they look, the way they dress, or, or, or something we've heard about them, and so we refuse to worship. Or we refuse to worship because they're not singing the songs we like. Or we refuse to worship because they make us stand too long. First of all, we never make anybody stand. You can sit down anytime you want to. I just don't want to. Now, 20 years from now, I might want to. And I understand that, and it's not a problem. And it's been a long time now, but I used to say quite often, this is not a test of endurance. We're not trying to make an endurance test on you. If it hurts you to stand, then just sit. We don't care if you stand, sit, or roll on the floor. We just want you to worship the Lord with us. Amen. And the list just goes on and on and on. And believe me, I've heard it all a million times. But I want to tell you this morning, listen to me, listen to me, Fred. Praise and worship is not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's about Him. And friend, it really, really doesn't matter whether the worship band is in tune or out of tune. Oh, it really, really doesn't matter whether they are leading us in the latest and the greatest or they're leading us in a 200-year-old hymn. The bottom line is praise is a weapon. The bottom line is praise moves God toward our enemy. Oh, listen, friend, praise should have nothing to do with, uh, with preference. Uh, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like something else. It ought not be anything about preference. Oh, it ought to have nothing to do with preference, but it all should have everything to do with a person. Amen. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just tell you this morning, if you can't worship because they're singing the latest and the greatest, shame on you. I'm an equal opportunity offender, so let me tell you. If you can't worship because they're singing some old song, and you're just too hip and too cool, shame on you. Because it doesn't matter if the song was written yesterday or a thousand years ago. It doesn't matter if you got a full band or if they're singing Church of Christ style. It doesn't matter this morning because it's not about us at all. It's not about our preference. It's not about what we like or don't like. Amen. It's not whether we're good or not good. Amen. It's all because He is worthy this morning. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be honored. Give Him a shout of praise in His house today. All right, we talked about the mandate of praise. Let's talk a little bit about the method. The method of praise. Now, there are many, many methods or ways or means to praise. I'm just going to, 
for lack of time, I'm just going to talk about two of them today. Let me encourage you, first of all, use your hands. Talking about the method. How, how do I praise? Well, there are many, many ways, but one way I praise, I praise with my hands. Amen. Psalm 63 and 4, I will bless the Lord. I will, I will lift up my hands Amen. in your name. 1 Timothy 2 and 8, in worship, lift up holy hands unto God. Notice the word holy. Holy. Lift up holy hands. I I, I wonder how many unholy hands are lifted up to God in church every single Sunday. I, I wonder how many hands have touched the wickedness and the vileness and the ungodliness. Oh, I wonder how many hands have been defiled oh, with the wickedness of the world all week long and, and then offered to God in worship. Lift up holy hands. Just a thought. Talk about the method. Use your hands. Pastor, why do you Weirdo, Pentecostal, crazy maniacs. Why do you raise your hands when you worship? Well, that's what it says to do in the manual. That's what it says to do in the book. Okay, if it's in the book, we ought to understand why we're doing it, huh? Because a lot of people do a lot of things they don't understand why they're doing it. So let me, let me give you three suggestions of the significance of, of worshiping with our hands. First of all, lifting of hands is an act of surrender. It, it, it's an act of surrender. If somebody put a 357 Magnum in your back, you would immediately throw your hands up in the air as an act of surrender. And we're not going to do like some of y'all do in worship either, you know. If, maybe nobody will see me if I do this. No, we're going to get our hands as high as we can get them up uh, without saying a word. You're telling the man holding the gun, I surrender. You're telling the man holding the gun, I'm yours. Oh, you're telling the man holding the gun, I'm not fighting against you. Oh, Mr. Robert, whoever you are, I'm I'm going to offer no struggle. There's no struggling here. Take anything you want. I'm yours. What does it mean when we raise our hands and praise to God? It means I surrender God. It means I surrender God. It means God. Amen. There is no struggle, God. God, I'm not wrestling with you. I'm, Lord, I, I, I'm surrendering God. I'm, I'm yours. Here I am, God. Here I am. I surrender. Take me, God. Amen. And when you worship, worship with open hands. If some of you were, Really correct is how you were feeling you'd worship like this. Oh, God, you're not going to get that out of my hand. <laughs> you're not going to get that. No, open your hands. Open your hands by saying, God, I'm not clenching my fist. God, I'm not clutching to anything, God. God, whatever it is in my life that you want, whatever it is, I'm all yours, God, as I open my heart to you and as I lift my hands, I lift them with open hands. All I have and all I am is yours. Amen? And then lifting your hands 
And praise is an expression of honor. Expression of honor. Oh, when, our, when we lift our hands to God, we honor Him. We, we're exalting Him. Amen. We're giving glory to God. And then the third significance, and perhaps my favorite of all, when we lift our hands to God, it communicates a desire to be closer. A desire to be closer. My youngest grandbaby, and I showed a couple of guys the other day. You know, they, they've got grandkids too. And, and, uh, but, you know, there's just nothing like yours, you know. And my, 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 my newest grandbaby, she's, she's clapping her hands now. <laughs> oh, I know it means nothing to you, but that's my grandbaby, okay? <laughs> I know there never, ever been no other babies like mine. No other baby ever clapped their hands, just mine, you know. My favorite, favorite, favorite time when my kids were growing up and when my grandkids and when Eliana gets old enough to do it. And I think maybe she did it the other day. She didn't do it to Grandma, but I think she did to me. (laughs) When they reach out to you, huh? I remember my kids used to do this. Oh. It's awesome. And, and especially when somebody else is holding them. <laughs> oh, when mama is holding the baby and papa walks in the room and baby Eliana starts doing this to papa. Man, man, I want to tell you when we lift our hands to God, we are saying just like a baby, take me, pick me up, God. Pick me up, God. Put your arms around me, God. Love me, God. I'm reaching out to you. I want to be close to you. Think about that. Next time you throw your hands up so the worship leader or pastor won't chastise you for being dead. (laughs) Amen. Psalm 143 and 6, I lift up my hands to you. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. Oh, use your hands. Use your hands to praise. But don't just lift them. Clap them. What is it about those Pentecostal people and clapping? Where'd they get that? Out of the manual. Psalm 47 and 1. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Friend, clapping is a sign of excitement. Clapping is a sign of enthusiasm. Clapping is a sign of approval. It's a sign of victory. Victory. They ask you this morning, why is it? Why is it when somebody scores a touchdown? Why is it when somebody hits a grand slam home run? Why is it when somebody, oh, oh, scores the winning basket? Why is it, oh, that everybody stands and everybody cheers and everybody claps their hands so hard that their hands turn red? Why is that? And the very same people who do that sit like petrified wood in a forest, void of emotion. They sit on their hands in church and they dare somebody to move them. In case you don't know it, I believe church ought to be the most exciting place in town. Let me tell you something. I will not dare squeal like a little girl and jump for joy when I make a birdie on the golf course. 
and then come in here and, and fold my hands and refuse to lift my voice to the one that gave his life for me on the cross. Listen, I believe that church ought to be high energy and filled with enthusiasm. I'm not promoting hype. I'm not saying we ought to have over-the-top pure emotionalism. Here is what I am saying this morning. I am saying who else has more to clap about? Who else has more to cheer about? Who else has more to shout about than the people of God that have a Savior and a Lord that has fought and won the greatest battle of all time, the battle of sin and the battle for our eternal soul? No, I will not jump and cheer and shout on the golf course when I have a birdie or God has blessed me an eagle. Amen. And then come in here and sit on my hands. I'm telling you, he is worthy this morning. Amen. I need to be excited about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, come on, people. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a mighty voice of triumph. Use your hands. But don't just use your hands. Use your heart. Use your heart. Ephesians 5 and 19, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Notice the phrase, in your heart. Jesus said in Matthew 15 and 8, he said, These people draw near to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How often do we praise with our voice, but not with our heart? Friend, many that appear to be worshiping aren't worshiping at all. Because God says, man looks on the outward. But God says, I look on the heart. Some of you are only going through the motions. You sing, you lift your hands on demand, you clap, you shout. You know how it's done. But your heart is not in it. And your heart is far from God. Friend, worship that doesn't engage the heart is not worship at all. When my wife and I were first married, I would spend literally hours pouring over cards for our anniversary. I'm actually a hopeless romantic. But I would notice that my wife would read the card, politely thank me for the card, Toss it in the trash. I thought to myself, what is she doing? I spent hours picking out just the right card with the perfect words in it. You read it once, toss it in the trash. One day I asked my wife why she didn't keep the cards I bought her. She said, honey... All you do is sign your name to somebody else's words. Huh? All you do is sign your name to somebody else's words. That doesn't mean much to me. Ouch. So after that, I still look for just the right card. But then I wrote something personal. Something from my heart in the card. And my words... They weren't as well written as professional hallmark writers' words are. But they came from my heart. And that made all the difference. She might keep them two days before throwing them in the trash. 
Hear me this morning. Today we hear all about excellence. Excellence, excellence, excellence. And excellence is actually one of our core values at New Bethel. And we have excellence on our worship team. Oh, we've got a professional worship leader, man. Oh, we've got skilled musicians. We've got trained and practiced singers. And this is right. And this is as it ought to be. But I want to tell you this morning that all of this is for nothing. It's for nothing if we do not praise and worship from our heart. Oh, we ought to use all of the the help and the aids and the latest and greatest and all of that we can to make praise and worship as good as it can possibly be. But I want to tell you that at the end of the day, oh, and when all is stripped away, what matters most to God and what proves to be true and genuine praise is what comes from our heart. All right, we talked about the mandate. We talked about the method. Let's talk about one more thing, the might. About the might of praise. Praise is a mighty weapon. I, man, I need a, a whole hour to talk about this point, but, but let me do it in 10 minutes. And I really don't even have 10 minutes. Let me do it in 10 minutes. Four things that praise does for us. Number one, it invites God's presence. It invites God's presence. Psalm 22 and 3, God inhabits or he dwells or he takes up residence in the praise of his people. Friend, if God seems far from you, try praising him. Because when we genuinely praise God from our heart, God's presence shows up. I got to move on. The second thing praise does for us, it, it interrupts Satan's activity interrupts Satan's activity. Psalm 8 and 2 in the New International Version, it says it like this, praise silences in the original. That's exactly what it means, that praise silences the enemy. Praise silences the enemy. Listen, friend, if Satan is shouting in your ear, start praising God and your praise will shut the mouth of the devil. Let me ask you this morning, is Satan playing havoc with your life? Oh, is he shutting doors that ought to be open to you? Oh, is he putting shackles on your feet? Oh, that keep you from walking in victory? Let me tell you this morning, if you'll try praise, if you'll just try praise, Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26, Paul and Silas had been arrested. They had been thrown into prison. They had been placed in chains. Oh, the door of evangelism had been shut and locked by the devil. Oh, but the Bible said that when Paul and Silas began to praise. The Bible says that their chains fell off. The Bible says that the door to the prison flung open. I'm telling you this morning that praise will interrupt Satan's activity in your life. I'm telling you today you can literally praise your way out of bondage. You can literally praise your way out of trouble. You can literally praise your way oh, into, the, into favor, into open doors. Oh, you can praise your way out oh, men of the clutches of the enemy and into the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. Try praise praise this morning try praise the third thing praise does for us some of you need this desperately it influences our mood praise influences our mood been in a bad mood lately don't look around 
Are you constantly battling depression? Isaiah 61 and 3 says that we can put on the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. When we're in despair, when we're despondent, when we're depressed, the Bible says that praise is a garment that we can put on. And we put that garment, we can cover that depression, cover that despondency, cover it. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. Amen? Amen. Let me pause here for just a moment. I want, man, I want you to get, if you, you've got to get this part of the message today. Praise is much more than just singing. It's much more than public or even private worship. Praise is also thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Being thankful is a, is a form of praise. I personally believe one of the biggest keys to living in victory, one of the biggest keys of having things go well in your life is to learn how to live a life of thanksgiving. Well, if my life is as good as yours, Pastor, I'd be thankful for Well, maybe my life's as good as it is because I'm a thankful person. I mean, Brad, I'm just telling you, I think one of the greatest keys to my, the blessing of God in my life is, is, is I learned a long time ago how to be thankful. I'm, I'm a lot of things. There's a lot of things I'm not, but I am thankful, and I'm grateful. I know where I've been. I know where I started. I appreciate what I have. I thank God for where I am. Thank God for what I have. Thank God for his blessing on my life. Daily, every day. Don't take it for granted. Amen? Develop an attitude of gratitude. Daily, thank God for His incredible blessings that He provides you. Well, it's evident to me. Pastor, don't know what's going on in my life. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. But you are here. You're healthy. You got food, you got shelter, got transportation, got a family, got friends. Amen. God has saved you. Amen. He's given his word. Amen to you. Oh, he's provided you with spiritual weapons. Oh, listen, friend, you can concentrate on the one or two or perhaps even three things that, that's not just perfect or maybe they're even really, really bad in your life and you can concentrate on those if you want to. But all I'm telling you that there's a host of things that are right in your life. There are a host of things that are good. Oh, there's a blessing in your life. Concentrate on these things. Thank God for these things. Praise God for these things and praise will influence your mood. Number four, praise intensifies our relationship. Worship team, get back up in place. I'll try and quit. Praise intensifies our relationship. Well, Psalm 22 and 3 again, God inhabits or he dwells or he takes up residence in the praises of his people. Now, friend, I can't speak for you, but I like to hang around people that like me. 
I like to hang around people that like me. I like to hang around people that like to hang around me. And there are not a whole lot of people that like to hang around me, but there are some people. Amen. I have people that tell me. I've actually had some people tell me, I would like to hang out with you more. Huh? Really? You know I'm 57. You're 20. Huh? Yeah, I would like to hang out with you more. Guess what? I'm hanging out with that dude more. I like to hang out with people. They like to hang out with me. Are you any different? I enjoy the company that of those that enjoy my company. Who wants to be around people that are constantly running you down? Who wants to be around people who are always constantly complaining about what you do or what you don't do? Who likes spending time with constant complainers and people with critical spirits? Not me, and I think probably not you. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think that God does either. Listen, friend, if you lack an intimate, personal relationship with God, if God seems a million miles from you, maybe it's because He has distanced Himself from you because all you ever do when you get in His presence is whine and complain and cry. All you ever do around him is moan and groan and sing the blues. Amen. God likes to hang around people that like to hang around him. Amen. If you'll just start hanging around with God and saying, God, I didn't come to ask you for anything today. God, I just came to hang out with you, God. I just came to love on you, God. I just came to praise you, God. I just came to be in your presence, God. God, I just want to hang out with you. Oh, if you want to hang out with God, I promise you, God will want to hang out with you. Would you stand this morning? Oh, clap your hands all you people shout unto God shout unto God shout unto God with a voice a voice of triumph today hallelujah glory to God amen let's worship this morning amen the altar call this morning the altar time is praise praise is a weapon praise is a weapon amen let's use our weapon come on worship leader come on worship leader get ready let's go let's let's get into his presence today let's worship with praise God is able he is on our side he is almighty God greater than all we seek greater than all we ask done great things lifted up he defeated the grave
this morning. I want you to bring out as much praise. I want you to think about. I want you to think about when you lift your hands, when you lift your voice, when you clap your hands. I want to think you to think about some of the things I talked about this morning, and I want them to come in through your voice and through your hands this morning. Amen. Will you do that right now? Right now. Amen. Just from the depth of your heart. Come on, bring it up. Bring it up. No, no musicians. No, no, no piano. No anybody. Amen. I want to hear from you. God wants to hear you. We're going to strip everything. We're stripping everything. Everything is stripped away. And it's just you and God right now. It's just you and God right now. It's just you and God right now. It's just you and God. Amen. Bring it out. Come on. Bring it out. There's more in there. There's more in there. Well, I'm timid. Well, you're not always timid. You're not timid when you get mad. You're not timid at the ball game. Come on. Come on. Bring it out. Get it out. Get it out. Come on. Reach way down in there this morning. Way down in there. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out this morning. Come on. Worship Him. Praise Him today. Lift your voices. Lift your hands. Clap your hands. Shout unto Him today.
offensive and a defensive weapon. Offensively, we can just start praising God. We can just start singing His praises. Just We can just start worshiping Him. Whether we can sing or not sing, it doesn't matter to the Lord as long as it's come from our heart. We can worship Him. We can just talk out loud and just thank Him for salvation. Thank Him for His blood. Thank Him for His Word. Just start thanking Him and praising Him and worshiping Him. And, 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 and that, that's an offensive weapon. But let me tell you that praise as a defensive weapon. Praise as a defensive weapon is developing that attitude of gratitude. Developing that, that, that thankful heart and that thankful and appreciative spirit. Where we just daily, just we're grateful, we're thankful whether we actually say it or not or say it out loud. But yet we just have that attitude that we're grateful, that we're thankful uh, to God for His incredible blessing. Let me tell you, when we do that, we build up such a wall, such a wall in our life that it's really hard for the devil to penetrate us. It's hard for him to penetrate our life because we built up such a stronghold. We built up such a wall around our life with praise, not just singing, not just being in a, a praise service, but that attitude of gratitude, that attitude of thanksgiving and thanking and praising God daily, 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 just walking in a, with a grateful heart, walking, thanking, blessing, and worshiping God. Amen. That's an incredible defensive weapon as well. Don't forget about that as you go your way today. Amen. Pastor Steve. Let's give the Lord one more shout of praise in this place for what he did this morning. He is worthy. And let's not stop. Let's get